Okay, hello everyone. It's a uh, glorious uh, Monday morning, Memorial Day weekend. It's Memorial Day today. Hope everyone's having a great day. And with me, we have our uh, co-host Leslie here. Hi everyone. <clears throat> it is a very beautiful day outside. It's unusually cold for this time of year, but it's really pretty. It rained yesterday. Um, but today it's really pretty. Yeah, we've uh, experienced some uh, cold Memorial Days before on a hillside um, a long time ago with um, our uh, State Farm friends and uh, your, oh. your boyfriend slash husband. Um, good times. Is that, so we climb Mount Whitney around this time? Yeah, on Memorial Day weekend. How do you uh. think we got all this time off <laughs> to climb Mount Whitney? <laughs> I forgot. That was the best. Well, at the time it wasn't, but reflecting on that trip, it was one of the best memories that I have. We could dedicate a whole podcast episode to that trip, but we won't. We won't. So, uh, moving on here. Well, no, we have to, you know, we have to pay respect to all of the fallen heroes who have protected our country. Um, that's something that's very important to to me. Do you have anything to say, Peter, about Memorial Day and why we celebrate Memorial Day? Um, yes, there's a lot of young people. They, well, there, there was a time when uh, there was an actual draft and whether you volunteer or unvolunteered, sometimes you were uh, put into action to uh, defend this country, the United States of America, and uh, Memorial Day, of course, is to uh, memorialize those that uh, pay the ultimate sacrifice, they didn't make it back, um, so that's why we celebrate, and it's, it's good to live in a country where we pay reverence to to our veterans of all the uh, armed force branches, and to uh, keep keep their uh, services in our minds every mm -hmm. few months. It's it's very uh, it's good to be in that situation, and their sacrifice helps make the U.S. very stable and mm -hmm. good economically. Yeah. So we just want to say thank you to anyone who is currently serving. Uh, in our military, protecting our country, um, and then obviously we are eternally grateful for everyone who gave their life fighting for this country. I think it's important that we recognize um, war heroes and those who are currently serving. But um, yeah, so I just recently graduated um, with my master's in nutritional science and Peter was able to attend. That was really exciting. <laughs> what did you think of the ceremony? <laughs> um, I've been to quite a few, uh, graduations in my day and, um... Peter was not impressed with Cal CLA's <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like some sort of, uh, motivational speaker type, but... There really wasn't, mm -hmm. and it was kind of because usually, you know, when, when in the graduation, sometimes they uh, 
uh, you know, obviously high school is different, but um, even in college, you know, sometimes you might get uh, Michelle Obama to speak or some <laughs> so, uh, uh, Barack Obama or, or some sort of uh, figure there just to give you um, a final send-off because mm-hmm. it is a commencement, which it, the word actually means a, a beginning, um, the word commencement, but... Um, mm-hmm. Usually there's, there's some sort of speech to uh, motivate the graduates and uh, send them off into the real world. But then this time, there really wasn't. So, uh, But I, uh, the ceremony itself, I liked how they had the names on the screen, which is uh, you, better than typically because um, sometimes graduations are outdoors and then you don't get that... Uh, Mm-hmm. PowerPoint type of deal where you can see the names on the screen. So it was fun. Yeah, and I like that uh, you were able to sit with, well, you had to sit according to your major and then whether you were master's or undergraduate. Um, but you got to sit with whoever you wanted, which was nice because I got to sit with my good friends. And that was nice because you get to share that moment with them and the time leading up to going up on stage <clears throat> so that was nice that was different from when I graduated from Cal State Long Beach but overall it was just an amazing moment for me and I was I'm so thankful I was able to share that with my family and with Frank my husband who have supported me and also with Peter <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it was just such a, a great moment it's been so much work it's been four and a half years <clears throat> of hard work, a uh, year and a half of prerequisites, two years of graduate study, and then a year of an in, of um, doing my internship. So it's been a long time coming, and I'm just glad that I was able to accomplish my goal. There were times where I felt like giving up, or I didn't know why, you know, why did I make this decision, or there were people who were not so encouraging, who were telling me, like, oh, are you sure this is what you want to do? Um, but I remember there was an English, when I was doing my prerequisites, I had to take an English class and he said, he, I had to meet with him regarding one of my papers and he told me, Leslie, he's like, don't take the safe route, you know, do what you're passionate about because what you did previously is you did it because it was safe, right? You decided to major in business because it was safe and you decided to work at State Farm because it was safe you know, take risks and do what you love. Um, and that really stuck with me. And I'm glad I was able to, um, to do that and to accomplish my goal. I still have one more step. Um, I do have to take the RD exam. So once my transcripts are posted, um, the program coordinator will submit my paperwork to um, the organization that governs um, dietitians and so I have to take the the exam so hopefully I'll be taking that uh, beginning of July. So is this exam like um, topics you you already know or you need Mm -hmm. to? Yeah it's broken down into domains so there are different domains so there's medical nutrition therapy there is a food service domain there is also um, just basic like fundamentals like 
what are the different macromolecules, like biochemistry, stuff like that. So it's broken down into domains, um, and you have to take it at a, a site. I don't know. Did you have to go to the Prometric Center when you were at State Farm to take those? Exams? Oh, yes, yes, Okay, yes, so yes, it's, yes. it's like that. So you go to this site where it's very secure. You have a camera that's no staring at people. you. <laughs> yeah, it's very... Very, um, yeah, they even have a metal detector when you walk in and they make sure that you don't have anything with you. It's just really intense. I, I think a little too intense, but whatever. Um, it's timed as well, and they let you know right away whether you pass. So hopefully I'll pass on my first try, hopefully. But I already ordered my uh, study materials. Um, so, yeah, that's what's next. And then, yeah. Um, but I'm going to celebrate. Frank and I are taking a trip to Japan and Bali. Uh, so that should be fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> Shout out to traveling. Yes, we're excited. We're going to go to um, Tokyo first, and then from Tokyo we're going to go to Osaka. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing the names. And then from Osaka, we're going to take the train to Kyoto for the day and go visit. And then return back to Osaka. And then from Osaka, we're going to travel to Bali. And then we're going to be in Bali for six nights. Oh, you're going to be in Bali for six nights? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We just want to <laughs> relax. We, um, we're going to... We rented out an Airbnb over there. It's a nice villa with its own little pool. It's really cheap, actually. It was only $54 a night for this entire villa with your own pool. Rich Americans here. <laughs> so I'm really excited, although I'm a little nervous because um, recently a volcano erupted. But coincidentally, we have a friend that's currently in Bali, and I messaged him, and he said that they haven't been affected. So hopefully we won't be affected either, but we'll see. Okay, fun times. Yeah, that's uh, very... Um, you'll learn a lot from that trip, I guess. So shout out to traveling with someone you love. That's very important. Um, <laughs> as you know, I've been uh, on... You know my positions on travel, so uh, mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've been holed up here in in the three-state area here, and as punishment, it's going to stay that way until, uh... Punishment? Until I, I don't, uh... I don't... I no longer need to travel alone, so... Um... Yeah, my punishment basically is I'm not going nowhere until, uh... things get resolved on a, a certain front, so, uh... What do you mean? Um... On uh, Wife Search 2019. Oh, um, yes. Yes. So, you know my position on travel. I'm not a big fan of... Um, but before we talk about Wife Search, because we will, I also want to just give a quick shout out to your friend Danielle, who's so sweet. She went hiking with us for your birthday, and she actually texted me or messaged me, congratulations for graduating. So, remember we were on that group chat where you shared the photos of the hike? Oh, yes. Well, yes, she yes. found my number, and she reached out to me. I thought that was so sweet of her. So if she happens to listen to this, thank you so much. You are so sweet. 
Yes, shout out to Danielle, yes. And she's, we need to um, plan another hike. Anyways, Wife Search 2019, please share any updates. How's that going? Um, there's no real updates. Um, Last time we talked about the teacher that you met on Instagram. Oh, yes, yes, a, yes, yes. Um, okay, so please give us updates on that. Uh, well, basically, yeah, we, we went on... Uh, the Norton Simon Museum, and then uh, we went to uh, Mexican. Well, first she was one hour late. She then I, you know, she she also lives in Northridge. Oh. Um, There's also a height difference. Um, so, uh, anyways, it was a very enjoyable time, and then we had some Mexican food, as per usual, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, there hasn't been any uh, follow-up activity since then, so yeah, things are kind of stable. So um, yeah, she's she's cool, but uh, distance-wise, it's it mm-hmm. can be uh, and that's it's one of the things. I'm not necessarily looking for a drive three hours type of situation. So, um, but anyways. So that's kind of um what did you guys talk about? why she was late. <laughs> yeah, we talked about some stuff like uh she's a teacher in East LA, she teaches physics or whatever. That wasn't her plan, but it just became that way. She used to be a park ranger oh. in, in the mountains somewhere. Uh-huh. And then she became like some sort of park analyst. We had a desk job, then she became a teacher, so um, a lot of stuff going on there. That's interesting. Yes, interesting person. Yeah. Um, What's it like being a teacher in East LA? Did you ask her that? <laughs> for for no audio listeners, right? um, I mean, I'm uh, shrugging my shoulders yeah, he's here. Yeah, shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> uh, well, I... I had uh, mentioned to her that uh, physics teachers or people of, of science, mm-hmm. it's um, you all they're always be in high demand because uh, a physics teacher and those kind of stuff it's it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's more hard to find than your your typical um, elementary school teacher. So you have good job security, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after she, you know, she talked about some challenges because this is her first year doing it. What were your challenges? Um, I uh, I don't know stuff. <laughs> stuff that first year teachers go through. Um, like what? You know, grading papers, etc. Time management. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know. Were you interested teacher, in her or not Typical really? teacher stuff. I might need to redact this at a later date, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I'm not too, because cause we had met like five years ago. Okay. And then, and then she had um, um, you know, this was when I was very active on the. Uh, internet dating etc etc so we had met five years ago in Pasadena 
we had a coffee or whatever and then um you know we hugged end of date and then uh like a week week later i was texting her and she was like oh yeah i'm boarding a plane to mexico or whatever and then she flew off to mexico and never to be heard from again (laughs) and then uh, (coughs) for some reason uh we followed each other on Instagram, and then it's like, oh, yeah, uh, somehow she remembered we met four years ago, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, um, okay, why didn't you text back after that, after you came back from Mexico? Because, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was starting my grad school, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the distance is a thing. So, anyways. So you reached out to her. So you are interested. You were interested or are interested in her. Uh, potentially. I don't know. Just the way that you talk about it. It takes the a, conversation. It doesn't sound like you were too interested. It takes a few few times to, <coughs> to you know, there there's a there's a big height there's a height difference. She's a very tall woman, so. But you already knew this. So, uh, why well, I, I had forgotten some of it because <laughs> it was four years ago. Well, she didn't grow. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, um, anyways, moving on here. Okay, any uh, other potential? Let's not dwell on this too much. Yeah, this comedian, um. <gasps> what? This, this comedian contacted me uh-huh. on, um, Match.com, so, uh, I've, I've had a couple texts back and forth. Oh my um, but she uh, that would be perfect she's also um, you know she she's had her kids so I don't know if uh, oh. that's necessarily a match for me as, as you know I'm uh, on the uh, pro family type of uh, situation here ask her if she has any upcoming shows that we could go to okay that'd be fun yeah. we love comedy shows <laughs> okay anyways Yes, yeah, so so you and Frank can uh, shout stuff from the peanut gallery. Yes. yes. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my gosh, that would be so perfect. Okay, you've uh, created a list of stuff to talk about, so um, let's get to that list here. Uh, let's see. Okay, I guess I'll start. Well, Peter's always asking me to talk about new food products. So ever since we read... Um, why We Sleep by uh, Matthew Walker, I started to reduce my intake of caffeine, and so I stopped drinking coffee. Um, and I, I was, but I missed the, you know, like in the morning when you have your coffee, it's just like this, I don't know, it's just like this soothing feeling, and I missed that. So I was looking for substitutes, uh, other than tea, then I found this product that you can find on Amazon. It's called Dandy Blend. And it tastes just, I don't know, to me it tastes just like coffee. Um, but it has no caffeine and it's made out of roasted barley rye, chicory root, dandelion root, and sugar beet. Um, it has no bitterness, no acidity, and it's 100% caffeine free. But what's also interesting was I'm part of a Facebook group with all my other graduate friends and one of my friends posted an article about dandelion roots and how there's a researcher who found that it actually um, let me bring it up really quickly 
So the researcher found that dandelion root could potentially, um, sorry, let me see. So this is the same. Okay, so dandelion root extract, they found that dandelion, dandelion root extract was the only thing that helped with chronic myelomonocytic leukemia which is the form of cancer typically affects older adults. So it could help. Um, sorry, hold on. I'm just reading this. I should have read this before, but the entire thing. So it could potentially cure uh, and kill cancer cells, which I thought was interesting. I mean, mm. there has to be more research that's conducted, but... Um, that's one of the claims, according to this researcher. But I feel like it's a good alternative to to coffee if you're trying to reduce your consumption of caffeine, especially if it's affecting your sleep. Um, so if anyone's interested, you can look it up. It's on Amazon, and again, it's called Dandy Blend. Mm, I see. And uh, you've you've opted. Um let me look at this packaging. So this is the same dandelion that is uh, known as a weed, right? Mm. Yes, it looks like it, yes. 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 Um, <coughs> apparently dandelions are edible because you can brew it into... So this is like... Um, it's like a tea, right? Or, well, it's not a tea because it's not the tea leaf, but if you brew it like a tea, right? No, it's just, it's powdered, and you just add it to hot water. Or you can actually make, um... Oh, it's powdered. You it's could use powder. hot water and, you know, drink it like coffee, or you can make a smoothie out of it, like a frappuccino. You can do different things with it. Okay, and there's anti, apparently, some anti-cancer type of stuff. Yeah, there's some sort of anti-cancer um, property of dandelion root. The thing that's difficult about studying nutrition is that you can't isolate a particular nutrient, right? So when you're studying a certain food product, it's hard to say, well, you know, exactly what about that food product is causing this outcome. Um, but there, again, there needs to be way more research to definitively say that, yes, dandelion root can uh, kill cancer cells. But I think uh, it's it's interesting and it's worth looking into. Mm. Yes, I um, I don't have such uh, anti anti caffeine type of um, feelings. In fact, I'm I'm very uh, not as much as your husband, but I'm uh, very high on the uh, the scale of my body needs a certain amount of caffeine. Mm -hmm. per day and um, speaking about sleep I had uh, well another comment uh, I, I feel for, for me personally I, I know a lot of people are like this but then a lot of people aren't but alcohol affects my sleep way more than coffee does mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've cut back dramatically on, on my alcohol consumption is that because of what you read in the book? yes and uh, my I obviously like my sleep, and uh, that's going to get tested very, very soon because what? Um, starting on Tuesday, I'm uh, 
I've uh, accepted a uh, part-time job at a Amazon warehouse, so <gasps> and that takes place uh, at um, on a graveyard shift, basically. So. Okay. Wait. Uh, wait. Wait. Things. What? Things are. Uh, you accepted a position, a part-time position with Amazon. Shit is about to hit the fan, basically. Anyways. Fulfilling shipments, or you're going to be delivering. I'm gonna be putting boxes into a van. Oh, so. you're not gonna be delivery because if you were, we would order way more so you can deliver to our house so we can see you more often. But I won't be delivering to your area anyways, so. Um, but. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about to hit the fan. Um, wait, so when did you decide to do this and how did this all happen? Well, I've, uh, Amazon has, uh, has been a big part of my, uh, financial life. Um, what do you mean? Because of, uh, you have stocks in Amazon? There, there's something called the stock market and, um, yes, we all know that. <laughs> yes. There, there's something called a stock market where you can, um, Invest in companies. Invest. So, uh, anyways, Amazon has has been part of my portfolio. Um, uh-huh. And then recently, uh, me and my dad and my brother, we went on a. Uh, you can actually go on a tour of like an Amazon facility. What was that like? I saw that on Instagram. And um, yeah, the, the tour, they um, it's it's at their San Bernardino facility. So, um, one, the warehouse is freaking huge, um, and they, they give you some, uh, nice headphones, not to keep, of course, just for the tour, and they give you some nice headphones, because it's loud in there, and then, um, you just walk around, and then you see, um, all their, uh, where, where they store all their inventory. Uh-huh. Like, uh, they don't store it by category. It's not like, um, you know, here here's the, the X amount of books, and then here's here's all the uh, drinks, and then here's, you know, they don't do it by category. Huh. It's like, like their shelving is just, like, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> their shelving is like my condo, basically. <laughs> it's just everything is everywhere. Why? And then, you would think they would be more organized. Um. Well, be because their theory is if you're organized, um, be because certain certain um, you know, a book has a certain shape, and then a, a a bottle of whatever has a certain shape, and then um, shoes have a different shape, et cetera, et cetera. So then, if you put them all in the in one area, you're wasting space. So then, so if there's if there's any like. Uh, loose space basically on the shelf they put something there well so then the purpose of it is to, to the purpose of it is to save your shelf space so um every single part of the shelf is filled um but how do every we know cranny. where to look for well things? they uh, when you put something put something on a shelf they um through the technology they have um you can track where that uh, mm. particular thing is so when someone orders it, then someone can go to go back to that location, and then that thing will be there. So, hmm. so yeah, all you guys were uh, criticizing my uh, decor in here. It's actually <laughs> it's so a, you're comparing it, your condo <laughs> to Amazon shipment. 
this is actually the best way because you can fit the most stuff in it. <laughs> oh, God. Because it, You know what? It's, Instead of taking a picture of us this time, <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of your condo so everyone sees what it's like in here. That's what we're going to do. But, um... <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... Uh, so you left inspired and you decided to apply for a job there? Well, the whole point of the tour, because they had that whole thing about New York and um, New York wanted to kick them out mm-hmm. um, because uh, Amazon's too big and then it's uh, they, uh, they're not paying enough taxes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, their work conditions. The whole point of it was a PR thing. It's like, hey, our factories are actually... Uh, what nicer than most other work? factories. Well, now you'll get to tell us firsthand about yes. the work conditions. Um. So. So we'll see. But, um, when do you start? Uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday night. <gasps> what are your What are your hours? It's graveyard, so it's like eight. Um, eight fifteen to four forty-five. How many days a week? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. So it's it's gonna be tough because it's an eight-hour shift of yeah. physical stuff. Now I've. I've done three days of physical labor in my whole life. Um, that's true physical labor. Um, so I'm I'm very concerned. You know they they have robots and stuff. I mean they have um, they have, they have various tools to help you so you don't need to. It's not exactly like you're a moving company, but um, mm-hmm. it's not that type of physical labor or digging a ditch. But um, due to my uh, limited experience working in that type of situation, mm-hmm. um, I'm a bit concerned. And it is an eight-hour shift, um, mm-hmm. so, so we'll see what happens. Huh. And so you're going to be so, putting packages in the van that deliver the products, basically? Uh, correct. So I, I won't be in that warehouse where they just um, throw everything into the shelf. Uh-huh. I actually wanted to do that. I wanted to be the person to put the... Uh, but. But I, apparently you can transfer after 30 days or whatever. But um, I actually thought that was a very genius idea regarding putting stuff on the shelf. And um, What was the application process like? And what was the interview like? There's no interview. There's no interview? It's, um, this is just part-time because, um, you know, there, my, uh, my real estate's been going slow here. So uh, I, mm-hmm. I need some change in my pocket. And then mm-hmm. my... Uh, my other part-time gig thing of uh, DoorDash, that's not really, uh, <laughs> it's not paying well, let's just say that. Uh, it's never been paying well, and yet you're, like, killing your car, so I wanted to um, uh-huh. kind of conserve my car a bit, because uh, when you deliver food, there's a lot of, you turn your engine on, you turn your engine off, and then that's what kills your engine the most. Mm. So, um, anyways, th- the whole factory thing, uh, it's, it's, um, so you just submit your application and they tell you yes or no? Yeah, well, it's all electronic. So um, you submit your application, you take a test regarding... Um, it's, it's, it's basically a simple test. What kind of test? What do they ask you? Well, it's just like uh, putting... Um, I, I don't know if it's uh, confidential or not, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just like how would, you, how would you put stuff on a shelf? Uh-huh. Again, the shelf. And um, I obviously passed it because that's how I organize my own life. And 
<laughs> and, and also because you've already had taken a tour. Yes. So, so you already I, knew. I, I knew what was going on. But, and then... Um, so did you do that premeditatively where you said, oh, I'm going to take a tour. And then once I take the tour, I'll decide if I want to fly? Uh, I don't know about that. Um, That's pretty smart if you did. It's... Uh, I, I took a tour because I wanted to see. And then um, there was this girl... There's this... Um, there's this... Look at that. There's always a girl involved. <laughs> there's this brewery, hang, Hangar 84 Brewery in Redlands. I used to go sometimes to... Um, because they have benches, and then you can uh, ingratiate yeah. yourself and cut... You can sit with, a, you know, next to a random random yeah. people. It's kind of Austin style. Um, and then you can gradually ingratiate yourself into their conversation. Um, so then, you know, I met this girl, and then she was, oh, yeah, I work at the Amazon factory. This was years ago. Yeah. And then... Um, and then uh, she apparently still works there, so it, it must be so you're okay. Her. No, well, she's she's out in Redlands, but um. No, you're you're basically stalking so, her. So, so so the condition wise, it's um okay. So so basically, as I was uh, stating before, um, I had known uh, acquaintance wise of someone that uh, was there a long time. Couldn't be that bad, right? And then the tour. Um, that was just more out of curiosity, and, um, so, yeah, the conditions were good on the tour, obviously. They're not going to give you a tour, and then it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, a hellhole to work in, obviously. There's, there's some sort of PR, PR motive behind tours, because, you know, several of their facilities in several states, it's open to the public for you to... How many people were on tour. the tour with you? Um... 20, 30 people. Oh, that's actually really good. So, uh, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, obviously things were in good condition in there. They're not going to say it. Um, they're not going to show you bad stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, but, but you will tell us the truth, right? Yeah. When well, you start working there. well, the, the thing is, I'm not going to one of the, uh, um, the places where they put the stuff in. Because when it, because uh, they Amazon does its own delivery now. Mostly they don't, uh, they don't use the post office or UPS as much. Mm-hmm. So the, as you've seen, there's Amazon vans everywhere now. Mm-hmm. So this one, this uh, position, it's more on on that that end. So stuff has already been packaged and ready to go. It's just we're putting it into into the van, I guess. So so we'll see what happens. I'll have more to talk about it. At a later date, I also wanted to, because um, my brothers always say, "Oh yeah, it's so hard to apply for stuff, et cetera, et cetera." Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "I'll show you," and then <laughs> how easy it is. So then I just click some buttons, and then, and then you go to a mass hiring event at Amazon, which is basically, um, uh, you know, you, there's a lot of candidates. There's no resume or anything. They don't care about any of that stuff. You just click the highest degree you have, and then you take a a drug test which is um i thought it, I, I got excited because i thought it was a urine test but it's not uh, why would you get excited <laughs> about that because a long time ago at state farm they made me do a urine test i'm, I'm not sure if you had to do one or not but um did you, did you go to quest and do the whole urine thing or no i must have right isn't that required i don't but i don't remember i remember how to take an exam before. Oh yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Which was just 
It was it was silly. It was more of a personality exam, I think. They give you situational questions and they just ask you how would you deal with it or what kind of employee are you? So, I mean, if you just... It, it was more of a... Per, I don't know. What do you think? I thought it was more of just sort of personality. Well, yeah. Th- those tests are just yes. to make sure that you're not like... Um, you're not a troublemaker, basically. <laughs> that you're in line. Yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, um, and a lot of interview questions, if you think about it, it's more like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tow the company line and I'm not going to go too crazy. <laughs> Most of the interview questions, that's what they're looking for. Right. Um, are you a good fit? You know, I'll, 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 do, I'll take some initiative, but oh. not too much, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so, so then this one, you just click your highest degree. They, Wait, they do I'm the, confused. I thought you did this all online. Yeah, it's all online. But I thought... But yeah, then it's a mass hiring event. It is a mass hiring event. So, so it's but it's a mass hiring event online. No, no, no. It's, it's oh. there's several phases. So the online part portion is um, you go to Amazon.force.com and then um, you know the, there's a initial test regarding the shelving or whatever, and then um, you click what your highest degree is, and then um, they have your standard. Uh, are you you know? You can feel free to de- decline or whatever, but do you need accommodation, which is are you handicapped or not, and are you a veteran, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you click through it, they're like, congratulations, you've been accepted. <laughs> it's really <laughs> cheesy. And then, um, and then at that point, you go to um, this mass hiring event, which uh, you can choose like a certain different times, like uh, Wednesday at four, Wednesday at, at the three, you know that kind so of stuff. So all the people who attend have already been given an, a job offer. Well, not be- not necessarily. So um, they've just clicked through that thing, the same thing that I clicked through. So you go there, you take your drug test, which they do the um, it's like a Q-tip thing where uh-huh. they do put it in your mouth, uh-huh. and then you seal it in a bag. They send it off to um, one of those stress drug test places, uh-huh. and then. Um, you know, you show them that you're a legal resident of the U.S., you have your papers, mm-hmm. uh, um, that you, you have a right to work here, and then um, that's it. And then at that point, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I, you know, I have my job already. But nope, it's, uh, that's just to put you into the pool of um, available candidates. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, um, whenever they have shifts that pop up, then they like, um, oh, yeah, do you want to work ex- they, they send you an email, and then it's whoever responds to the email first. It's really weird. Uh, so there isn't, a, like, a job waiting for you. It's just you're in a pool. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we have an X and X shift coming up. They send send a mass email out. Does, does any of this work for you? And then you reply, and then at that point, uh, okay, you can work this shift. And um, we have more electronic stuff for you to do, but you're hired, so... That's kind of how the whole process works. It's all online. It's very, very... Um, Did they interview you at all? No, there, there's no, like, interview. This was just... Was there a lot of people? Yeah, it's... This This is a, um entry-level job. But um, I, I want to do it because... Uh-huh. Um, like, how many people? What do you mean, like, how many people? Like, how many people were at the mass hiring event? Well, the, I mean... At that point, there was like, um, fifth. The one I w- went to was like fifteen people, but then they had like, um, three different days of like six different times. So it's like fifteen times 
Oh, okay. Well, so, I yeah. thought it was like hundreds. But but then they're doing that at like two or three different locations. So yeah, they need a lot of people. It's, uh, it's, it's so quite a bit. the shift that you're working, that's going to be your shift indefinitely for now? Or is it kind of just temporary? Like, I'm sure I can change it later because, uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, I can... Um, they're actually, they keep hiring for other stuff. Uh, anyways, so uh, after 30 days, I'm sure I can weasel my way into some sort of uh, morning shift. The thing is whether I can survive between now and then. Because, um, one, it's a lot of, um, although it's not like true physical labor, it's a lot of physical, it's a lot of manual <laughs> type of stuff. Um, it's yeah. not like I'm sitting in the desk. Um, because... My concern is the time from 1 a.m. to, to 4 a.m. if I can survive or not. But. Well, I would invest in um, do what Frank does. We they're not even call, we went to Home Depot and they have this material that completely blocks out any sunlight coming into your room. So I would go there. Ask Frank; he'll help you. I'm not I'm not too concerned because I can. Um, like right now, this window, I can look at it and then I can sleep like this. What? So uh, I, I'm not I'm not bad. I'm like a baby. I can actually <laughs> I can actually sleep with when the light is on, but uh, better than when it's completely dark. But um, oh, okay, but never mind. But it's the noise. I didn't know you're like a baby. Because <laughs> because you know in condos they always have like the landscapers uh-huh. that their lawnmower cranks up. At 8 a.m., no matter what, so yeah. falling asleep will be an issue. And, you know, Peter, I really appreciate you being honest with people as far as the struggles that you're going through and how, you know, you're doing what you have to do in order to make money and to feed yourself <laughs> and have a roof over your head. And I appreciate that you're doing this hard work, and I know it's not anything that. It's not glamorous or anything. It's probably not where you thought you would be, but this is the type of stuff that you need to do to get ahead in life, and you have to work these odd jobs in order to to survive in the meanwhile. But well, this is more instinctual. Um, I mean, after that tour, I, <clears throat> I've i always been a fan of Jeff Bezos and Amazon and all that. So mm-hmm. um, this isn't... I, I mean, I can go to Walmart or Target or whatever and then you know just apply, but... Because Amazon has been so good to me. And, um, Did you say that when you applied? <laughs> no, it's all electronic, so you just click what your highest degree is. And then, and then they give you this brochure, like, um, you know, the, these are the people in charge of this warehouse. And then everyone is, like, like 25. Wow. It's like... <laughs> and then, so it's because they're hiring at such a fast pace uh-huh. that... Um, so maybe that'll be you one day? It, it might be a, a good opportunity to, to climb the ladder if this real estate thing don't work out. But um, I think that's smart because you have the business background. The warehouse economy has taken over a and large... And you've invested for- in them. I think that's going to go far, especially <laughs> when you interview for like management uh, positions yeah. if you tell them like well i've invested in your company so you better hire me <laughs> well you that no I'm, I'm kidding but it shows that you truly are invested in the company and making sure that it 
successful because it affects your pocket as well. Well, yeah, the, the, like on the training stuff, we're like we're looking for employees that think like owners, blah blah blah. So, um, yeah, I but like the whole company culture, etc. But but the whole thing is is whether I can survive in this you manual labor type of situation. So you can do it. Um. Anyways, um. I, I'm excited for that opportunity, and um, um, you have one one more item on your list here. Oh, um, we both recently listened to <laughs> no coincidence a podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan he interviewed um, an ex police Mexican police officer Ed Calderon, and Frank was actually encouraging me to listen to it. I wasn't going to, but <laughs> the reason why is because, <clears throat> so I, my last rotation was at the uh, County of Orange Healthcare Agency, and they teach a lot of nutrition classes out in the community, and there's a lot of um, Hispanic people who speak Spanish. I'm bilingual. Um, I, I speak Spanish, but I don't have a whole lot of opportunities to speak Spanish because at home, my husband and I, we speak English, and then obviously my friends and at school. So to help me, <laughs> just, you know, because there's certain words that I forget, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to start uh, watching Spanish telenovelas again. We, I used to watch them when I was younger with my mom, and I, was, I thought it would be fun. So I came across this telenovela with Kate Del Castillo on Netflix. It's called uh, La Reina del Sur, and it's basically like her becoming... Um, a major drug dealer. It's kind of weird, but it's pretty well made. So anyways, so I was telling Frank about it, and then um, she's a very famous actress in, in Mexico. Her dad was also a very famous actress, so her family is very well known in Mexico. But a few years ago, I think it was after she had filmed La Reina del Sur, she tweeted about El Chapo, and she said that she believed more in El Chapo than the Mexican government in terms of doing good for the Mexican people. So, of course, she got a lot of backlash from the Mexican government as a result of that tweet. But also, she caught the attention of El Chapo because of that tweet. <coughs> and so, he reached out to her and said, uh, through his lawyers, and said, I want to give you the rights to my biography. I've seen your work on... Uh, El Reino del Sur, and I think that you would be perfect for it. So she's like, okay. So they wrote up the contract and everything. Um, and then so she was approached by two famous producers in the U.S., and they said, we know that you have the rights to El Chapo's biography. We would like to work with you. And then Sean Penn also reached out to her and said he was interested. So she thought, okay, well, now I have this team of um of professionals with a reputation in, in, in Hollywood, so I want to set up a meeting with El Chapo, so she does. And so she sets up this meeting with Sean Penn, uh, the producers, and El Chapo. And then shortly after, um, I think three months afterwards, he was captured. And so they blamed her for his capture um, because, you know, they were thinking, they were saying, well, what did she think? She was going into Mexico. No one was going to pay attention that Sean Penn's with her. So anyways, um, so she got a lot of a uh, lot of death threats, her and her family. Um, so she talks about that. So she has a documentary on Netflix about her 
meeting El Chapo and what happened and her side of the story. Mm. But um, my husband was criticizing her and saying that he doesn't agree with the fact that she's kind of making it seem like El Chapo is this folk hero in Mexico and they aren't talking about all the atrocities that happen as a result of the wars with the different drug cartels that are happening in Mexico. Um, so he listened to this podcast with Ed Calderon, who was a um, police officer in Mexico, and he firsthand saw uh, all the deaths that, you know, on a daily basis because of the war, uh, especially in Tijuana, because Tijuana is uh, borders with uh, the U.S., and so they were, he was saying that the drug cartels would fight over these routes into the U.S., and so there was a lot of killings as a result of that. Um, so it's just interesting hearing his perspective, and now he um, he's no longer a police officer, but he helps. Um, he gives workshops to law enforcement in the U.S. Um, on how to survive if they're in, in a certain situation, how to, you know, wh what to do. So, um, yeah, so it's, it was an interesting podcast. And then <clears throat> lastly, I thought it was interesting about the Mormon communities that still live in, in Mexico. And I didn't know that Mitt Romney, who is a pretty well-known politician here in the U.S., his father was actually a Mormon from one of these um, uh, Mormon communities in Chihuahua, mm. Mexico, um, and how they abducted two, um, the drug cartels in Mexico abducted a couple of the um, the, the Mormon people. And so th that's how that kind of happened. And now they're, they're from what I understand, they now have armed themselves to protect themselves from the drug cartels in Mexico. But it's just really sad because, you know, being Mexican, I, I feel uh, it's just so unfortunate that, you know, that Mexico's going through that. And it just kind of baffles me because, so, for example, there's still those Mormon communities that live in Mexico. And when you go to, like, I saw a documentary about the Mormon communities, and they're beautiful compounds. Like, everything is so nice. The buildings are nice. And they do their own, um, most of them are farmers, but they just take care of their community. And I just wish that that um, was the same for other communities in, in Mexico where people just, you know, they take care of themselves, they take care of their communities. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation. Yeah, it's um, the, the drug wars of uh, Mexico have... Uh, it's it's resulted in a lot of fatalities, obviously. I mean, um, especially in border towns like um, Ed Calderon said that Tijuana has eight murders, six murders a night. It averages, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I know Juarez was um, Juarez used to be like the most dangerous city, also, which mm -hmm. is it, it borders Texas. Um, and then it was, I remember one year I was reading, like, um, it's like, the murder rate went down to, like, uh, the number of murders went out down to, like, uh, 580-something <laughs> for the year. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a great improvement. Um, I, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very violent place that um, a, a lot of people here in the U.S. were, were not really aware of that type of violence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, what did you think about them, uh, Joe Rogan and Ed Calderon? They talked about this um, U.S. operation called Fast and Furious where they sold um, weapons to the drug cartels. And the purpose of this was to track who purchased the weapons so that they can capture them. What did you think about that um, operation? And this was the U.S. doing this. I. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something going on, but um, mm. we don't we don't really talk politics on this podcast. But uh, it's I don't know. I I think it's there's something going on, but we don't know what. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to comment. But um, obviously, sending more guns back to. Um, Mexico is not really a solution for anything, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. So, um, not sh- not sure the implications regarding that, but uh, I d- I didn't think it's, it was a very smart idea to do. I mean, sometimes the U.S. government does uh, stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. You can say it does it a lot, but uh, this is one of the cases where yeah. the logic between behind that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then I thought it was also interesting how he was talking about how legalizing marijuana in the U.S. has affected what's happening within the drug cartels in Mexico. So they switched from producing marijuana to now producing other types of substances because there's no longer a need for them to produce and sell marijuana since it's now legal here in the U.S., Oh yeah, yeah. They they went towards more dangerous. So do you think that the U.S. Uh, should legalize more drugs so that way there's no longer a need for drug cartels to have this like that? Well, you're gonna basically take away their 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 the need for them to produce. Well, drugs. they they'll just go into other types of businesses. Um, as as Calderon has stated, they've um diversified their their operations um i know there was a few mines like when you when you mine for gold and materials and metals and stuff (coughs) iron ore that kind of stuff certain drug cartels have taken over several mines in mexico um and then of course uh they've gotten into the whole uh human trafficking business of crossing the border and sex trafficking, et cetera, et cetera, and, of course, uh, protection fees. So if you're, you're uh, Joe the taco, taco truck guy here, mm-hmm. um, you have to pay your monthly monthly dues to, for the gang to quote-unquote protect you, et cetera, et cetera. So they've, uh, you know, legalizing drugs isn't going to solve mm-hmm. anything long-term because it's a criminal organization so just go to other types of crime and then um of course there's certain drugs that you like they were talking about like fentanyl it's mm-hmm. it's actually legal but you just need a prescription to, to 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 uh to get it and that's what they still still produce so who knows i don't have the the magic answer towards mexico of course uh i like met the mexican people <laughs> but um, I, I've had limited experiences in Mexico, obviously, um, nothing outside of uh, Baja California, so 
Yeah. And I don't want to leave on a negative note in regards to Mexico because there's a lot of positive aspects about Mexico. I remember going um, as a young girl, my mom, so my dad's from Guadalajara. And I was able to go visit, and they had, I remember uh, from where he's, I don't exactly remember which uh, city, because Guadalajara is a really large area, and there's different cities within Guadalajara, but I don't remember exactly where his family's from. But it was really nice to go visit. Um, they had this really beautiful, I remember, cathedral, and they had this market and everything. So it, it definitely has um, a lot of positive aspects to it. Um, and then I saw this other documentary on Netflix about um, it's called The Tale of Two Restaurants and it was talking about a restaurant in Mexico I think it's called Calle or Cala, Calle, Cala but it's a seafood restaurant and it was talking about their culture and how they support one another and how um, you know and, and then so this the owner created um, or she has another a similar restaurant in San Francisco and they were talking about the differences, but then also the similarities and how they take care of one of another. It's a really nice restaurant. Um, mm. And so I just, you know, there's there are positive aspects. Not everything that's happening in, in Mexico is about the drug cartels and killings. Um, so I just want to mention that as well, because I think a lot of people have this negative perspective about Mexico, and it's just, you know, everyone's being kidnapped and... All about drugs, which also does happen. Which does um, does happen. I'm not saying not to be mindful about that, but it isn't all negative. Yes, yes. Uh, Mexico has a beautiful culture. They make uh, tiles for for uh, certain yeah. light fixtures. Um, and there's a lot of hardworking people there. I think that's one thing. A lot of Mexican people are very hardworking, like everywhere else around the world. Um, but I don't want the negativity of the drug cartels to overshadow overshadow um, all the hard work that the Mexican people do in their communities to help one another. Yes, and of, of course it shouldn't be ignored, but um, <clears throat> it is an issue. And um, yeah, like, like, like they were issue. saying, there's um, so, sometimes the, the even like the authorities, they get... Uh, addicted to the the money mm -hmm. that comes in for um from the u.s to fight the drugs drug war yeah. so so these 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 police organizations police departments you know they, they get a lot of funding from uh the u.s and then they beef up they have nice nice uh nice vehicles nice equipment etc cetera, etc cetera, mm -hmm. um to fight the drug war and then if you have a solution to that then that money might stop flowing in so there's that too you don't really you want the cash more than than the actual solution so anyways um so in, in our last five minutes here let's uh looking forward leslie um do you have any career-wise do you do you have any certain area you're looking to get into because i know in your internships you did both medical side and mm -hmm. um, community side, so. Yeah, um, as far as my career aspirations, I would love to do clinical. I really enjoyed <clears throat> when I was at Kaiser. Just, I've, I don't know, I felt very fulfilled being there and then being part of a multidisciplinary team <clears throat> and helping patients. Um, 
I just suited my personality. But I found that I also enjoyed working out in the community and teaching classes and helping, especially people who just have immigrated here. A lot of the people who uh, receive government assistance are immigrants from different countries. And I enjoy helping those families because my family immigrated here from a different country and I understand how hard it is to adjust to a different culture and not knowing the language. Uh, so I really enjoyed that as well. So I want to keep my options open and see what um, what opportunities are out there. I know that right now there, there are opportunities available. I just need to sit down and figure out um, what it is that I, I want to do. But I'm just super excited to finally start working again, doing something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm going to start applying once I come back from vacation. Well, this uh, said vacation takes place after your test, right? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we leave June 2nd, and we come back June 18th. Yeah. Oh. Um, the, the exam, But the thing is, is that when you apply for these positions, a lot of them, um, you either have to be RD eligible or an RD. If you're RD eligible, they give you six months um, to pass the exam. And then if you don't pass the exam, then it's up to you and the employer to figure out what's going to happen. But they will hire RD eligible applicants with the condition that you are going to take the exam and pass. Um, there are opportunities right now at the County of Orange, and I've been considering them, but I also want to, um, I haven't really looked, to be honest. I haven't really put my, because I've had so many other things going on, uh, and then uh. I haven't, even if I there was a position open, I couldn't apply because I'm not RD eligible yet. But now that I am, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to apply and then be like, well, hey, by the way, I'm going on a two-week vacation, so. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. so. But I'm super, super excited to see what the future holds. And That's yeah. good. We'll see. Yeah, you, you've worked very hard and you had a, uh, a path to go towards and you were very resilient in, um, Keeping with that path and continuing mm -hmm. on, and that was that was inspirational towards uh, um, a lot of people that were uh, still at your former employment. So, hats off to finally graduating and getting things uh, towards the uh, the commencement toward, which is the beginning towards your uh, new life as nutrition person. Yeah. So, anyways, hope everyone has a uh, Good week, and we will chat later. And next next time, of course, um, we'll talk about if I've still employed or if <laughs> I've uh, uh, if uh, I've become too tired and I can't take the physical labor. So we'll see what happens. I'll update you guys next time. Adios.